You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time learning Torah, talking Torahs, having fun while we learn. Lots of stuff, lots of good things happening. And I wish I could pretend I'm out of breath, but I'm not. But I just had such a great morning. I know it's early afternoon already. Such a great morning. Um, we took the boys, the school, we took them on a year-end trip. There's still you know, about a week and a half left to school, um, almost two weeks. But we have a program that we want the boys, we encourage the boys to do a few minutes of extra study at night, to do a few minutes of extra help around the house, kindness, brothers, siblings, cousins, parents, whoever you want to help. And we do the program for about six weeks. And then we go on a trip and... With Corona, very hard to find places. Pools aren't open. Some of the uh, places we've been to in the past weren't either. Were just massively expensive to bring. Whatever it was, 150, 160 boys, and it has to be a place that that we could bring. As we want it to be a school trip, we don't want to have one trip for you know first through third or fourth, another trip for th- uh, fifth through eighth. That's not really what we're looking for. We're looking to for something for the school where all the boys can have a good time. The girls have their own trips. So I guess they somebody suggested they went to one of these trampoline, bouncy, climby places. It was fantastic. Kids running around. I'm sitting there helping them put on the bracelets. You know, officially you go in and you have to fill out your waivers and we fill out the waivers before we got there, of course. And you have to put on the bracelet. I still have my bracelet. Um, put on the bracelets. They have to get the socks that they run around in. And there are very few people that go on a weekday morning. I mean, how many people are showing up? It's either going to be an after school, I guess, or a school trip or birthday parties. And we're, we're coming in with a huge crowd. Of course, we set up beforehand, right? You're not going to show up. They won't be ready for you. But I'm sitting there helping and putting on the bracelets. They could hire me. But uh, fantastic. The kids go. They're running around. And I'm jumping in. I'm doing things that I usually don't do. And they have this swing, right? You swing, you swing, you jump into the into the foam. And, of course, I'm just swinging because why would I want to jump into the foam? And <laughs> fall into the foam. I say, oh, look, my leg. How am I going to get out of here? Help me. And I pull them in. They pull me out. We had really just a good Fun time. That's really the point of it all, that we had a good, fun time. It was healthy fun. It was great fun. The kids all really, really just overall fantastic. Couldn't have been better. Then we have to eat lunch with the boys, so we take the buses, and we there was a beautiful park two miles away, two and a half miles away, uh, with gazebos, with benches, and there's a lake there. We didn't really let them go to the lake. There were slides. Somebody said, this slide looks like it's 50 years old. One of those old metal slides that gets hot, tall, um, swings. And it was just an overall, um, just a fun, 
enjoyable day. Everybody got to hang out, and everyone had fun, and, and it was just really beautiful. So for an end-of-a-year trip that the boys earned, it was really, really great, and I was able to make it. So here I am. So we need to talk. This week's Torah portion, this week's Torah portion is Shalach. As we were talking last week, this is just one after another after another of trials and tribulations the Jewish people are going through, and we keep failing. Again, there are some benefits to our failing. In other words, we are very stubborn. And because we're very stubborn, just because Moses says so, and technically just because God says so, we're not so impressed, which, of course, gets us in trouble. But it does say something about who and what the Jewish people are. Yes, we're stubborn. And we don't automatically give in because somebody says we must believe. Because of that, going through the desert process, it, it made us who we became. As we, we, we are a nation that has survived, a religion is a better word, a religion that has survived for thousands of years. Right? Not because somebody forced us, not because there's a sword over our head, because there were swords overhead and people did try to force us for other religions. And for the most part, we did not convert because we have this natural um, stubbornness that just because you say something happened, we do not automatically believe. Even if we're not religious. I am religious, I'm not religious, but you can't tell me to join your religion. Like, why? If I wanted a religion, I got one. I don't want to be religious. Okay, fine. That's a different stubborn issue that I happen to have. But in any case, this was, uh, as they say in Hebrew, the Makibapatish. This was the the final nail in the coffin. It won't be the last thing we do wrong. But it is going to keep us in the desert. We were on our way, getting ready to go into the land of Israel. And this will will put a, a, uh, we will hit the brakes and we will end up wandering now for the next almost 40 years. So what happened? So we wanted spies. We wanted spies to go to the land of Israel. So why? Like, there's a lot of, a lot of questions to think about. What happened? Why did it happen? How, what were we thinking? How did we fail? Like, wh- what's, what's going on? So let me just give you a quick overview. And then let's start going through the pieces. So the people tell Moses, we want spies. Moses either asks God or on his own says yes. Again, this is a little debatable. Moses says, fine, you can have spies. And he picks special people. And the proof to that is that the two spies that stayed true were Kalev Kalev and Joshua. But in the list of who's who for the spies, they are not one and two on the list. Kalev is number three. Joshua was a little further down. That means there were very righteous people here. And they went to be spies. And they left for 40 days. And they come back. And they report. Now, they don't report to Moses. This is in itself a problem, right? If you're a spy, you report to the general. You report to the spy master, whoever's in charge. And they can go to the king or to the generals. You don't get to go to the privates, you don't get to go to the regular soldiers and say what you saw. It's irrelevant. You have to report what you saw, and then the generals and the leaders have to decide what to do with what you saw. But you are not the one making decisions. 
Instead, the spies come back and they start telling stories and there's giants and look at this crazy humongous fruit and wherever one people were dying, which if we have time, we'll get into that later. And uh, just overall, a uh, saying that God is not going to be able to conquer this country. This country is so amazingly powerful and so many kings there. It's a waste of our time to even go fight. We're just going there to get slaughtered. Okay. You can only imagine if that's the report that the common person was not supposed to hear. But you can imagine that they uh, got nervous and cried. God says you cried for no reason. That became the saddest day on the Jewish calendar. That became that was the night of Tishabov. That becomes the night where the first temple is destroyed, the second temple is destroyed, and Beitar is destroyed, and, and other tragedies. And one is that we're stuck in the desert now for 40 years. As I tell my class, you get what you ask for. You're crying. You don't want to go into the land of Israel. God's been telling you the whole time how good Israel is. You don't want to go. No problem. You could stay. You can stay in the desert for 40 years. You raise your kids. Your children will go into the land of Israel. So now, let's go back. Now that I gave you the basic overview of the story, Let's try to take it apart, because even though I look at my notes, I think I wrote my notes out of order a little bit. So, let's first of all, let's, let's look at like a, 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 a snapshot over here. We, after we got the Torah, we're hopefully familiar, or go back and listen to that show, we talked about the golden calf, that the Jewish people served an idol. Whatever they thought, whatever the explanation, but the fact is that there were people serving an idol and they were not stopped. And that's 40 days after God revealed himself by Mount Sinai, that amazing revelation. And still, there were people that could do idol worship. Again, what kind of idol worship? Is it real idol worship? Is it a go-between? doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's idol worship. And God was angry and Moses asked to pray for us. And the end is, so 3,000 people died which is not good, right? It's a half a percent, but they were idol worshippers, which is a death penalty right after we got the Torah. Even though God at first wanted to destroy the whole Jewish nation, he's forgiving, he forgives the Jewish nation. Here, we didn't do idol worship. We sent spies. The spies came back with a bad report. We didn't know how to deal with the report. And now God's punishing us. We can never go into the land of Israel. The whole nation, millions of people, so what exactly, what do we do wrong? Isn't it normal to send spies, right? You're an invading army. Everybody sends spies, right? The, the request was the problem, right? What did we do so terrible? What was so wrong that God said on this one, I'm not forgiving you? Now, it is true. This is test number 10, so we've managed to fail 10 tests. So that's not so good. When my children fail a test or two, it's not so good. But if they would fail like 10 in a row, by the 10th one, you might get a little frustrated if you feel that child is uh, not putting in the proper effort. If you put in the, or she's putting in the proper effort, okay, so goes life. But 10 failures, that's, that's already a statement. So... So what exactly is the problem? So there's multiple answers, and let's try to take a few of them apart. So, the Ramban says, Nachmanides says, there was an overreaction. They overreacted to their fears. 
Now, as these spies, so they see these giants. They see people dying. They see this fruit that just is not normal. This is just not a country. This is not what they're used to seeing. They were frightened. The job of a leader, a leader's also not to be afraid. Leaders also could be nervous, any of us, in whatever, in whatever shape or form of business or life or whatever we do. There are times we're nervous, but we don't overreact. We don't become paralyzed from fear. You become paralyzed from fear. So now anybody connected to you is, is done. They, they can't get anything done because you, the leader, have frozen. And here... These 10 leaders, well, it was 12, but they're not listening to Joshua and Caleb who are trying to say it's a good land. Um, instead of these leaders saying, look, <laughs> there's giants there. There's, there's people dying there. There's this fruit there. We don't know what kind of crazy country this is. But why can't they say, but? And as, yeah, there are things that make us nervous, but we could do it. God's taking care of us. God says we're going there. God says it's a good land. Why are we not believing? Why can't these leaders encourage? Good, they made a mistake. They shouldn't have told everybody that it's going to be bad, that it's a crazy country. They shouldn't have said that. They did say it. So now go around. Let the leaders go around. And they're not listening to Moses right now, not not listening to Aaron right now, not listening to Caleb and Joshua right now. So let the regular leaders or the judges that we've talked about in the past and the, and the, the 70 elders and these spies just go around and start saying, yeah, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like, you know, it could be tough, but God is going to take care of us, so nothing to worry about. God brought the ten plagues, and God brought us through the, through the, through the Red Sea, and God sent us the manna, and God gave us the water. So God could take care of us. If God can take care of us, so don't worry about it. Like, just take a step back. Just relax. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll get into it. But just to create a fear. And the people could not, since the leaders weren't getting over the fear. So the common person, what do you want for the common person? He also can't get over the fear. You don't get over the fear. So God says, fine, I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for. You're afraid. You're not willing to deal with that fear. You're letting it paralyze you. So be paralyzed and you're not going. Now, what's the idea of 40 years? By the way, the idea of 40 years is that they're not all dying immediately. So when you hit 60... Or if you're already over 60, then the person would die, the man. Not the women, but the men. So it's going to take 40 years or 38 and a half years for anybody who left Egypt at 20 to turn 60. Once anybody who left Egypt at the age of 20, as it's not age of 20 when, when the story of the spies takes place. The number 20, the age 20, is going to go back retroactive to leaving Egypt. If you're 20 when you left Egypt, you are not going into the land of Israel. And perhaps that, that's where there was confusion in the year that finally the, everybody stopped dying. So they, they didn't understand why uh, people weren't dying that year. That's a different Torah portion. That's another story. Okay, that's how the Ramban learns. A second answer of, of, of what was happening over here is we have a leader. We have Moses. Moses has taken, taken us out of Egypt. He did the plagues. He got us through the Red Sea. He got us the manna. He got us the water. He got the Torah. Moses is the leader. He is the one that is completely taking care of us. We're all good to go. 
But in last week's Torah portion, we didn't talk about it, um, there were a new 70 elders. And some of them were prophesizing, this elder Nomadad, uh, were prophesizing that Moses is going to die and Joshua will become the new leader. Okay, now I'm nervous because I got my leader. I got the Moses. Moses can take care of everything. I was going to say he can walk on water. He doesn't have to walk on water. He walks through water, right? He gives us food. He gives us water. We're protected as we travel through the desert. Moses, Moses got my back. But this Joshua guy, I don't know if he could lead us into the land of Israel. There's what to be nervous. Again, it would seem this nervousness, this fear um, paralyzed us. And we, if God said that Moses is going to die and Josh is going to bring us into the land, so what are you worried about? So God, I mean, that, that you know becomes the catch-all that answers to everything, right? God's going to take care of us. You're not comfortable. You're not comfortable with this idea. You're not comfortable with this idea that uh, that God is gonna is gonna have Joshua lead us out instead of uh, instead of Moses. Okay, it's a uh, that's your problem. It's not my problem. So it's uh, so, okay. So fine. So either they're just petrified because the leaders didn't know how to calm them down. Second answer we just said is that uh, they're concerned, they're nervous, that they're losing Moses, and now they're left with Joshua. Okay. Um, a- another answer. This is more uh, in a Hasidic bend. And I actually remember this idea um, back when I was in Israel. So we had, in school, we had a Hasidic fellow, and he, a lot of times, talked this point that we're about to talk right now. So it's interesting. It's, I've heard it over so many times, way back when, and I, I wasn't sure if I, if it, it didn't jive with the regular way I learned things, but, you know, you, you put it in the back of your head, you focus on it. So an acidic thought, yeah, the desert was the ideal place to live. It was perfect. We had a beautiful air conditioning heating system. We had the clouds protecting us from the elements. We had our food delivered every morning. We had our, 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 our water. It was like streams that surrounded us, that took care of us all the time. Right? We, we, it was perfect. You didn't have to work. You didn't have to plant. You didn't have to plow. You, you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to harvest. Yeah, not living on a farm. You're not working. You're not getting up every morning in a briefcase to get on the subway. Yeah, it was perfect. You got to just study all day long. You had no worries, no responsibilities, which is uh, something I want to talk about soon, but no real responsibilities. Nothing that you had to worry about. And uh, you didn't even, it was as if the real world didn't exist. It's as if there was no real world. We go to Israel, we're going to work. We're going to become farmers, and all the work that comes along with having a farm, that, that's what we were going to do. That we were going to become workers, regular people, regular world. They weren't ready. They didn't want to be in a regular world. If we go to Israel, we have to be in a regular world. I would much rather... And sometimes if we think about it, right, if I told you that uh, whatever it is you like, I happen to like to study. So if you told me that I'm going to be allowed to study all day, 
can relax. Um, food is taken care of. Housing is taken care of. Schooling is taken care of. My clothing is taken care of. So why not study all day or whatever it is that you would like to do all day long? Why wouldn't you want to do it like that? Nirvana. Is that the word I think they use? I think they use that word. So therefore, there were a lot of other reasons behind the scenes where we were very happy that the spies came along and said, oh, you don't want to go to Israel. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to go anyways. Not because I'm worried about the land. Either I live my perfect life, or I wasn't so sure I liked Josh as a leader, or you made me nervous. So I'm very happy to stay out here in the desert. But that's not the way we're supposed to be. The way we're supposed to be is that we are supposed to live in a real world. So yes, we got the Torah and the desert, but at the end of the day, we did benefit from this. Again, it's not a benefit when the whole generation has to die in the desert. But we got 40 years to, to delve into, to get into, our, into us that Torah, right? God gave us a Torah. Now what? I gave you a whole book of instructions. And now you're telling me to just follow the instructions? I can't remember what you said five minutes ago. All these rules, regulations, you got to give me a chance to live. You got to give me a chance to inculcate it. You got to give me a chance to, to let it sink into me. And you got to give me a chance to teach it to my children. And then you create a religion. And then the Jewish people can survive. So there's no question that being in the desert 40 years was good in certain ways for the Jewish people. That wasn't the plan, and we got punished for it. Okay. Um, another point we should really mention, we, we mentioned a little bit. Whose idea was it to go? Whose idea was it to send these spies anyways? In other words, it's not like God sent a command to Moses, even though it does sound that way at first. You had to read the verse. Right? It says, God says to Moses, send for yourself slaves. So why would God want us to send slaves? Uh, slaves. Why would God want us to send spies? Right? Like, why? He told us already it's a great land. It's a great place to be. Why are you sending spies? So that's what he said before. So the people came to Moses. They want spies. And they had a lot of good excuses. Oh, we need spies to know where they're hiding the gold and silver. We need spies to know the best ways to travel. We need spies to, to you know, have an idea of where everybody's going to live. Um... They knew this, the clouds would be gone. We're going to have to worry about our, our own fighting skills. Um, we got to find the idols, right? There's rules. We have to destroy the idols. If we don't send spies, how are we going to know which idols have to be destroyed? How do you know what are not idols? So we got a, a lot of uh, information we need. God understood that these are all good excuses, like a salesman, right? In other words, they send you to, uh, to, uh, to sell something and the... The, whoever you're marketing to, and they have a million excuses. The goal is to get through all their excuses so you can figure out what's really bothering them. And then you make the sale. So the Jewish people were the same way. We had a lot of good excuses. We had a lot, a lot of good excuses, but none of them were true. We, the, the true answer was we were nervous about going to the land of Israel. We were nervous about it. So, but whose idea was it to go? So some say that um, it was uh, Moses' idea. In other words, the problem is like this. And I'm not saying what you would do, but I want to buy a car from you. And I ask you, can I take it to the mechanic? And can I test drive it? And can I take it home for a week to, to hang out with it? And can I ask a whole bunch of things that you would like to do? 
if the guy selling the car says yes to everything you want, you're not nervous. Because every single thing you ask, you keep getting the same answer. No worries. No worries? Eh, just take the car. Forget about it. I'm not going to waste time. Because obviously you're not worried about what you're selling me. But if everything I ask you, oh, sorry, sir, we're not allowed to let the cars off the lot. Oh, you could sit here and you could turn it on, but we're really not allowed to let you drive it because of insurance issues or whatever excuse you want to make up. I don't have my license plate on it. I took the license plate off already. I'm afraid. Now you're making me nervous, right? How come? What are you hiding? So the Jewish people go to Moses and they say, we want to send spies. So Moses says, no matter what I do, I'm going to lose. If I say, why aren't you listening to God? God said it's going to be good. Oh, Moses, are you worried about something? Is there something we should be worried about? Is there something you're not telling us, Moses? So Moses can't say no. So he figures, let me say yes to everything. And that way, the Jewish people will figure, Moses saying yes to everything. Why bother sending spies? It didn't work, right? Because they did want to send spies. And because they did want to send spies, of course, what ends up happening is uh, we have the whole problem that comes up in the story portion and the music is playing. I hope, of course, you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to my wonderful sponsor, listeners, and I can't do it without you. Thank you to the production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope I've left some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NIM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.